One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time too. Hello, and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming, from Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen. Find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Katie. I'm Deborah. And I have two kids, Jay, he's six, and Kenny, he's three. And I have three kids, Tony is 11, and Libby and Nate are eight. Today, we are fortunate to be joined by Sarah Gage of the Coco and Dalts podcast. On Coco and Dalts, Sarah and her co-host Paul give quick, witty reviews of the latest shows and movies on various streaming platforms. We've really enjoyed listening to their show, and we're really looking forward to hearing what Sarah has to say about the latest remake to come down the pike here at It's My Screen Time 2, Doogie Kamealoha, MD. Welcome, Sarah! Thank you. And thank you for saying that we're witty. I appreciate that. (laughs) We really don't think a lot of people actually listen to our show. So it's nice to know that (laughs) somebody out there is and appreciates it. So thank you very much. I'm really stoked to be here. We were talking about how nice it is that your show is so short and easily digestible. Yeah, we when we first started, um, we actually did shows with like multiple topics. So they were a little bit longer. And then we kind of found that just doing one and doing like 15, 20 minutes, like work best for us. Like maybe it's the whole like a uh, screen time, like shortening attention spans thing. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good show. If you are thinking about investing your time in a series, but not sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially uh, we're doing Goliath season four next week and that's eight episodes. So it's like, Ooh, that's, you know, if you have little kids, maybe you don't have eight hours to invest in something that you don't know if you're going to like it. So we watch it so you don't have to, I guess is (laughs) maybe that should be our tagline. (laughs) Yeah, we need all the help we can get. So we appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Sarah, we like to tell a quick story about how awesome or sometimes awful our kids are, because in addition to being pop culture consumers, we are moms too. Um, So I will go first. There's a bus driver shortage across the country. And my 11 year old took the bus home today and it was the first time and it was kind of stressful and the app wasn't working that tells you like where your bus is and my husband was freaking out. I was freaking out. This is really more of a story about me than it is my son. (laughs) But when he got home, he was totally fine. And he had no idea that he had been lost in the city of Minneapolis. I don't think it was really lost. I think the bus driver just didn't know the route very well or something. So I was like so relieved to see his smiling face when he got home. Again, not a story about him. It's a story about me. (laughs) And how awesome that you're raising a resilient kid. Yeah. And he was actually excited because some of his friends from school had been on the same bus. So it it all worked out. Um, Anyway, I'm glad he made it home. Katie, (laughs) what have your kids done lately? So they have both started taking French lessons at school. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I studied French in school and that was my major. So... 
Kenny was sitting on my lap yesterday and he goes to start counting on his fingers and instead of counting in English he counted from one to ten in French and my little heart just like melted into a puddle of goo inside my rib cage and I don't think I'll ever be the same oh that's so sweet (laughs) you have to get that a recording of that I got it on video for sure So Sarah, do you have any stories you could share about the kids in your life Uh, to totally put you on the spot? (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Um, So I I was mentioning earlier, I don't have children of my own. I have two stepdaughters. Um, They are 16 and 15. Uh, The 16-year-old is turning 17 in a couple months. She's a senior in high school. And uh, in August, um, my husband and they went and toured a couple colleges and Chloe, the 15 year old, she loves, she's the jock. She loves sweatshirts and hoodies, big oversized hoodies. And at the first college, she got a big oversized hoodie with that college's you know, name on it. And then when they toured the second college, she didn't realize she had the first college's hoodie on. So they got kind of abused when they were walking around campus with like a rival school's like sweatshirt on. <laughs> and they were like, why are people being so rude? And then they were like, oh, that's why. Cause oh, no. you probably, so I think she took it off and like tied it around her waist, like 80s style. <laughs> That was really a missed opportunity by the institution she was touring. They should have like turned up the hospitality heat when they saw that. Yeah, totally. Like taking her to the bookstore and gotten her like one of their hoodies and said, here, you know. So let's discuss our screen time in the news article today. We're discussing a Forbes article from September 10th by Nick Morrison titled, Screen Time is Not as Dangerous as You Think and It May Help Your Child Make Friends. I thought that this article title had been generated by my 11-year-old because he recently tried to like prank me with a fake headline generator about allowing kids to have more screen time. So this seemed like a fake kid made up headline, but it's not. It's a real article about a real study. The article is very brief, and so I didn't get a really good sense of how this study was conducted, but it was from the adolescent brain cognitive development study, a very large long-term study of brain development. They looked at um, how much time kids were spending on screens on the weekend. It studied like ill effects, like attention disorders, um, sleep conditions, um, how well the kids were doing in school. And there was some correlation between the amount of time that kids spent on screens and the number of friends that they had. I found the headline a little bit misleading (laughs) as to the actual content of the article. What did you two think? I like how it specified the study was carried out before the pandemic and didn't include online learning screen time. I feel like that has definitely taken a negative toll on a lot of kids these days. So I'd like to see the study done now as opposed to two years ago. It's kind of like Paul's older daughter spends a lot of time on FaceTime with her friends. And I feel like that's kind of like equivalent to like when I was young and I was just like talking on the landline with my friends all the time. I'm like, it's kind of the same. It's just different technology. And we didn't 
turn out bad necessarily. <laughs> so it's just, you know, kind of updating the technology for um, the age. I don't know. It, yeah, I was kind of like you. I thought the headline was a little bit misleading, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole grand conclusion that like, oh, different types of screen time are different <laughs> and they could have different effects on children. I mean... Go with the program, Forbes. I don't know how long you've been covering screen time. Seems like it might be a little bit outside your wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, different types of screen time are different, as we've been learning and discussing for nigh on four years now. I do think, though, that like, uh, I think it said this in the story, um, like, you know, in the 80s, you know, a lot of times school gets out and then maybe you don't see your friends at all over the summer and then you're back in the fall and you're like hey what'd you do I went to camp I did this and like now it's just so much easier to keep in touch so I I think I definitely see the point with you know it it helps foster connections there and stuff and but is that good is that bad you know yeah I think there are advantages to social staying connected via social media I like the FaceTime better though, like just the one-on-one phone call or even like a group Zoom that seems better than Instagram where there's potential for like peer pressure and bullying and stuff like that. This is already old news when I'm stating it and it'll be even older by the time this episode comes out. But recently didn't Facebook, um, didn't it come to light that like Facebook collects internal study data on the harmful effects of Instagram on specifically teenagers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The Wall Street Journal, I think, published like a huge series of like internal Facebook memos talking about like for white girls, Instagram can lead to eating disorders and boys try to use it as like a status elevator and stuff so yeah definite (laughs) like they could have alluded to that in the Forbes story about you know (laughs) social media being harmful yeah I found it really hard to believe when he was like and screen time didn't seem to have any appreciable effect on anxiety or depression I think this one study was maybe limited right Uh, yeah Um, but the other thing it said at the end was That the study, quote, suggests that it's time to consign our view of screens as inherently harmful to history. I'm just curious, anecdotally, do you see any of that movement in your conversations with other moms? Like, to me, I feel like the conversation is still, oh, screen's bad. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I don't think anyone is consigning this view to history, I guess. Right. So quick uh, question. Do we have any follow-up from our last episode? Sarah, last episode we watched the new Cinderella from Amazon Prime and Katie hated it. (laughs) Sorry, Katie. I have not watched any better Cinderella's in the last two weeks since we talked about screen time. I have so wanted to, but I can't convince my boys to. And I have to wait for Kevin to go out of town to like spend some quality time with Drew Barrymore. Sarah, can we put you on the spot one more time? Do you have a favorite version of the Cinderella story? Oh, wow. That is definitely <laughs> going back to childhood. Um, wow. If not the Disney animated movie, which is super old, then yeah, maybe Drew Barrymore. That's like 90s sweet spot right there so that's Mm -hmm. I I have to admit I haven't seen the Amazon version of it I've been meaning to and I just haven't gotten around to it but but yeah Drew Barrymore all the way wow is that is Drew Barrymore is that version on Amazon or Netflix like 
I don't know the streaming service, but it definitely is on one of those two. Oh, okay, cool. I might have to rewatch that now because, wow, <laughs> 20 years. I know. It'll give you all the 90s feels. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So enough of the preamble. Let's move on to today's main topic. We are discussing the new Disney Plus show, Doogie Kamealoha, MD. It premiered on September 8th on Disney Plus, and as Disney Plus is wont to do lately, new episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Not awesome. <laughs> Not awesome. Agreed. Um, it was created by Courtney Kang, who has previously worked as a writer and producer on Fresh Off the Boat and How I Met Your Mother. It's really a gender-flipped remake of Doogie Howser, MD, which... I was surprised to see it ran for a whopping 97 episodes from 1989 to 1993 and gave the world a young Neil Patrick Harris and was created by Stephen Bochco and David E. Kelly, who are listed in the main credits of this new remake. So it stars Peyton Elizabeth Lee as the titular Doogie Kamealoha. You may remember her listeners from our review of the movie The Secret Society of Second-Born Royals, which I still have to control myself from saying The Secret Society of Second-Hand Royals because I like it more as a title. And the basic plot is this. You'll recognize it if you watched any of the original Doogie. 16-year-old genius Lahela Kamealoha lives in Hawaii with her doctor mother, florist slash food truck owner father and two brothers and balances all the typical trials of teenagerhood family friends boys with her high stakes career as a doctor we picked it because we are as always susceptible to reboots and remakes made with millennials and gen xers in mind and i have a soft spot for shows made in hawaii (laughs) and we like to see gender flipped things we like to see more shows with female leads obviously We attempted to watch the first three episodes, but as we are recording this, the third episode was only just released tonight. So I will confess right off the bat that I was only able to watch the first two. How about you guys? Same. Same. I saw the third one. Oh, Oh, I'm so jealous. (laughs) So the first episode, season one, episode one was called Aloha, the hello one. Episode two, Love is a Mystery, and episode three, License to Not Drive. So we'll just quickly go through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, you want to talk us through the pilot? Sure. So in Aloha the Hello one, we meet all the characters in, I thought, cute and creative ways to sort of set up the series to be about Lahela finding herself in this not quite a girl, not yet a woman space of she's being a a professional, really competent doctor. And then she's also being a 16 year old girl, like trying to find her way in like love and friendship. That's my summary. (laughs) All right. I really thought it was a cute setup. I have to confess, like I was a huge fan of the original Doogie Howser. I watched probably all 97 or whatever of those episodes when I was, a, I don't know, a tween, I guess. So I liked it a lot. I liked the setting. I thought the parents were really cute and like fully realized characters themselves. Sometimes the parents in these types of shows are uh, kind of one note. I liked the brothers. I thought the version of Vinny, remember Vinny from the original, (laughs) the best friend. I thought that the uh, actor K 
cast in that best friend role was like well done like she's kind of zany in the way that Vinny was so those are my thoughts Sarah what did you think well, I have actually complicated feelings about the series, so I don't know if you want you want me to wait until I do the episode three. Um, I agree that it was a really effective pilot, set up the concept, although <laughs> the concept kind of sets up itself. It's not all that complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one major plot issue that I had with this was it was Lahela's first time losing a patient, and that is the structure of the episode on the doctor side of things she is a full doctor she's not a resident she has residents working underneath her how did she make it to this point in her career never having lost a patient before have I just been exposed to too much Grey's Anatomy like I feel like that (laughs) happens much earlier that is unrealistic I think especially in episode three her mother makes some comment about you've been preparing for surgery since you were eight So if she's been a doctor for eight years now. And I also hated the super clunky doogie setup. There's another doctor at the hospital that like sticks his head into one scene and is like, we call her doogie because of that 90s show Doogie Hauser. Really, what was going on in the writer's room when they stuck that in? (laughs) It was truly horrible, and the show, which was otherwise very cute, did not deserve it. (laughs) All right, shall we move on to episode two? Sure. Okay, really quick. The two halves of this episode are Lahela trying to figure out if the boy she likes likes her back, and her trying to solve a mystery of a paralyzed tourist. Uh, And she ultimately discovers that love is not something that can be understood through data, which I feel you on the disappointment there, Lahela. (laughs) Life would be so much easier. Oh, wouldn't it? Right. (laughs) What did you guys think of this episode? Is this the episode where uh, Benny and Clara, like they're talking about going to the club in the early 2000s and they're dancing to hot in here. So Mm -hmm. they play hot in here you know, a million times. But then at the end, when they're actually slow dancing, they're playing like Kenny G. And I'm like, whoa, no, if you were dancing the hot in here 20 years ago, you are not listening to Kenny G now. Like, I don't care. I was offended by that. <laughs> like, like, isn't there like a Nelly ballad they could play if they're already shelling out like for the rights to hot in here? Like, can't they get some early 2000s ballad instead of Kenny G? Like, I feel like that's such a stereotype of parents. I don't know. <laughs> That is a good point. (laughs) The music was really done so weirdly because they make a point of saying it's hot in here that he's dancing to, but they never say the second half of those lyrics. (laughs) Never. Like they managed to play the song so many times, but they only get through it's getting hot in here. And then like dialogue takes over and change the sound mix and you never hear the rest of it. So that's the one thing that stuck out to me from episode two. My favorite part of the episode was um, when Lahela is trying to like seduce the boy she thinks likes her and she has set up like this um, very luxurious, I don't know, pile of pillows and like twinkly lights. And then there's like this enormous 
Hawaiian guy playing a ukulele and it's supposed to be like a private date on the beach and like this musician is just there. <laughs> um, and no wonder the teenage boy ran away. That would be super awkward. Yes. Why doesn't it's she just use being. a Bluetooth speaker <laughs> like a real teenager? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Sarah, just to put you on the spot again, you don't have to be like super thorough in your summary. One sentence will do it. And okay. <laughs> we appreciate you doing the extra work that we weren't able to do. Uh, no, it, it's like 30 minutes. It's <laughs> barely work. So episode three, um, like you said, is called License to Not Drive. And the whole episode revolves around... Um, Lahela 16 and she just got her driver's license and she wants to take her mom's Impala and go to Starbucks with her best friend but mom won't let her have the car and then after she does some really crazy life-saving stuff at the hospital um, the residents she's working with are like hey that was great let's go you know to Benihana or whatever and celebrate and she's like mom can I and mom's like no we have leftover meatloaf at home and so <laughs> so the whole episode is kind of setting up the conflict between I'm a grown-up but I'm not really a grown-up because I live at home and so this is where like my complicated feelings about <laughs> about the show so far kind of come in because I don't know like is this sort of the right cultural moment for Doogie Hauser specifically to be rebooted because in 1989 when the show first came out you know the 80s were greed is good and you know conspicuous consumption and a white kid in LA becoming a doctor at 16 this is like the pinnacle of success and even though he you know in the original series had to balance being a kid with you know being a doctor and stuff it that felt like it was sort of like a very 80s zeitgeisty show but today we're not really into pressuring kids that much mm -hmm. and I even read that like best educational practice these days is regardless of how a child is doing academically emotional and social development is seen to be hindered if they're skipped ahead of grade or held back a grade so they kind of stay with the kids their own age so they don't do that so I'm like is something that's really about I mean she was in med school at eight and now she's a doctor at 16 like is this really the cultural moment for something that this kid yeah she's a genius but I don't know it just head of the class is being rebooted by HBO Max and I'm like maybe that's the better 80s genius child show to reboot um because kids these days are screwed with the climate apocalypse and late stage capitalism screwing everybody over I'm like maybe that's more of like what we should be at now than and I'm overthinking it because I know this is just <laughs> a cute sitcom set in Hawaii and you know family and learning and you know, the perils of being a teenage girl. But I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know if this is the right cultural moment for this specific show. That's a good point. Like, maybe it should be about a child genius, like figuring out client carbon sequestration instead of just treating individuals. Yeah. And then with the mother-daughter conflict, you also get into, and I'm sorry, you were going to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off. But um, 
I, I don't know if this is really what I'm going for, but like child rights, because she's literally being given life or death situations. Like she's saving people's lives, but mom won't let her drive the car. And she's that, uh, the guy with the ukulele and the pillows and on the beach, like the best friend said something like this cost hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, so you're paying taxes. Like you're a yeah. national MD, but you know, go buy a car, like emancipate yourself. Like maybe this is me, like not thinking in like the parent brain and like, you know, thinking about the teenager, but I'm like, you know, if you're, we're trusting her to save lives, why can't we trust her to stay out an hour later than her normal curfew after the dance to go to the after party? Like, I think she's responsible. She knows what's going to happen if she stays out an hour late, but mom and dad are overruling her. Like, where does that, where does that balance? And especially in the third episode, the older brother, um, who I would totally have a crush on if I were 16, because he's so cute. He brings home this Vespa, this Junker Vespa, and he fixes it up. And they just let him drive all over the island in this Junker Vespa, but she can't drive an Impala. And so I don't know if there's a little like, girls must be protected more than boys going on there mm -hmm. as well, because mm -hmm. the mother at the end says, I know you're responsible. You know, you're so wonderful. I hit the kid lottery, but you're always going to be my baby girl. And I'm like, but you let her save lives and you won't let her drive the Impala. So yeah. like, I have very complicated feelings about all of it. I don't, and it's probably just supposed to be a cute, funny family sitcom. And I'm thinking too much about it, but I don't know. It's no, you're totally right. From a parenting perspective, it's such a curious place to draw the boundaries because they're very obviously working hard to try and keep Lahela a teenager to a certain extent by giving her these classic teenage limits, but at the same time, they are letting her work in an adult profession and assume adult responsibilities. I just wonder what sort of conversation happened there. Yeah, until you pointed those things out, Sarah, which are really good points. Um, I wasn't thinking about this at all, but it's kind of um, akin to like the Britney Spears saga right. that we're yeah, like what is happening to her money? Is it being responsibly managed? Does she and have can we imagine Kanye ever having to go to his mom and say, Kim K and I want to have a baby? Can I go off birth control? Like, right, you know, guys aren't controlled to the extent that that women are. So I was thinking about what you were saying about the 80s being maybe a more appropriate cultural moment. Do you think they're using or they use to a certain extent the gender swap and the exotic location to kind of paper over any of these issues? I think I think so. I mean, I'm I'm always for a good reboot with a gender flip. Um, and I was actually, um, before you emailed and said you were doing this uh, episode and asked if I wanted to be a part of it, I was like, ooh, I heard about that. I'm interested in seeing how they're going to update it. So yeah, I, I, I think so. I think they were thinking, ooh, what franchise do we have that we can continue on for a new generation and maybe make it more relevant because it's a girl and a person of color and, you know, yeah, the exotic, beautiful location with the beaches and I'm super <laughs> jealous. So. <laughs> like, like their house on the beach. I'm like, oh man, can I? <laughs> ben He's not buying that with a shave ice truck, right? Like, <laughs> that's all Clara buying that no, house. No, he needs two doctors in the family. Layla's <laughs> well, like, picking up the mortgage. That's why they're not letting her move out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, to buy that property, you're not wrong. Unless he's from Hawaii and it's like family property. Oh, yeah, true. That could be a yeah. two. 
Do you guys remember if in the original, the tension between Doogie and his father was so uh, paramount? I don't remember. I don't remember that either. I didn't watch all 97 episodes. I, I probably watched maybe a couple <laughs> seasons, so I really don't remember. All right. Well, this is a good opportunity to, we kind of already have, segued into our general thoughts. So the first thing that we always like to ask when we start talking about a show is, very simple question, did we like it? Sarah, I know you have more complicated feelings than that, <laughs> but like, if you just had to give it a yes or a no, where would it fall? Yeah, I... I'd say I do. I, I'd, I actually just said to Paul before uh, we jumped on this call, it's like, I'm kind of invested now. So I kind of want to see where it goes. So I'll probably keep watching it. So yeah. <laughs> I love it when that happens with kids shows. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah, how about you? I did like it. How about you? Yeah, I thought there was a lot to like there. A lot was fun. There were definitely some troubling aspects, but you know, when you're consuming kids content, you kind of have to really appreciate the good and overlook a lot of the annoying. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think you'd be okay being treated by a 16 year old? I, I don't know. I remember my mom joking when I was a kid, like, oh, that doctor looked like they were 16. And I, the first time that happened to me was like, I brought one of my kids to the emergency room for like stitches or something. And the doctor looked really young and I was like, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm middle aged now. But I think that doctor was like probably 30. <laughs> You're so right. We are of the age where the doctors just start looking super young. <laughs> You guys, I sat down and rewatched the original pilot of Doogie Hauser from 1989. <laughs> How did it hold up? And I am really glad I did because a lot of this episode, the pilot episode, was an exact replica, like down to the dialogue. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they actually don't have patients be as freaked out about Lahella's age as... I think patients would actually be in a hospital, but there is one scene in which she's like giving someone stitches and he's like threatening to sue the hospital. And she's like, of course, spouting all this legal jargon back at him because she's brilliant. And meanwhile, she's stitching him up perfectly. That entire exchange happened in the pilot. Interesting. Yeah. And there were a lot of moments like that. So I guess to that extent, Doogie Hauser has held up pretty well <laughs> if they don't even have to do any rewrites. Although the original Doogie did not have any siblings, and I really, really like the addition of Lahella's siblings. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I love the younger I, brother. He's so funny. Oh, I know. <laughs> He's so obsessed with his one little burgeoning chest hair. <laughs> he takes a hula dancing class in the third episode <laughs> and he's got the grass skirt on but he has like a button down like shirt and uh i speaking of 80s nostalgia uh so lahela steals the impala while the parents and the younger brother are at this hula concert and when they get in their car to drive back home it's actually the ectomobile from ghostbusters like the 1984 <laughs> ghostbusters like that 
I was, I was just like, so in love with that. I was like, of course, Benny drives the Ectomobile. (laughs) Old cars are super accurate to Hawaii. They stick around for a long time because it takes a lot to get a car out to an island. (laughs) So you're going to use it until it doesn't go anymore. (laughs) Um, So I think the capable professional life paired with like the personal life that's kind of a mess is a standard TV trope. Do you think it works well to have a teenager in that juxtaposition? I, I, I still just can't get over. We trust her to save lives, but not to drive the Impala. So I don't know. I wish it was more maybe like clerks or something where like she's working at Blockbuster and then trying to figure out if Walter likes her. <laughs> You know, like that would be more teenagery, actual, you know, <laughs> although not. You had me until you wished for Claire. Oh, sorry. And then you lost me. <laughs> sorry. Knowing what we know now about like brain development, because like you don't actually become a fully functional adult with a good executive function, like until you're 25. I don't think if this were a real world, like. Kids should not be doctors. They can't make good decisions, even if they're like super smart geniuses. Like that emotional part of their brain isn't fully developed yet. Yeah. And if she were 16 and she lost a patient and she's not, even though she's super duper smart, you know, and she's a doctor and she knows it could happen. Like, how's that going to affect her? Is (laughs) is Mm -hmm. Doogie, you know, on skid row next week because she, she can't handle that she lost a patient and it affects her badly right so how do we feel about the whole what if this but with girls phenomenon do we think this changes the original enough to make it fresh we already talked about this a little bit but I love seeing the mother-daughter dynamic with Lahela and her mom especially knowing the positions of power they have in the community and in their family, because obviously they're the breadwinners. Like you said, Benny's not raking in the dough with his food truck. I don't know. To me, that just adds, it adds something to the original. Yeah, I like it, especially since they put it in Hawaii and made them not white, even though Clara's white. Um, I don't mind reboots just flipping the gender because I feel like so much of pop culture up until the past like 20 years has just been so focused on, you know, I mean, it was like a monoculture, you know, until very recently. So, so I like it. Um, I think this is not this kind of show, but I think also the person of color aspect could open up like more storylines too, like you know, a 16 year old white kid being a doctor. Oh, okay, sure. But you know, a 16 year old girl of color, like what, you know, maybe some more racist elements might not be open to that, but this is not that show. So this is the gritty HBO reboot that I'm talking about. (laughs) I love it. But you can tell that they are trying to inject some explicitly cultural references, um, like you said, with the hula dancing. When Lahela goes to the dance with Walter, you know, he's accompanied by all his aunties that have to take photos. You know, they are, they're not skimping on the, this is Hawaii and these people are Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I mentioned Lahela and her mom. Were there any characters that you guys particularly liked? 
or actors, I should say. This one is kind of a minor character, but Dr. Zeller, he's one of the uh, colleagues of Doogie. Um, he's played by Jeffrey Bowyer Chapman, and he's one of my favorite actors from one of my favorite shows, Unreal. Yes, I recognize <laughs> him too. <laughs> so he had like few lines, but he delivered them impeccably. <laughs> And in episode three, he also keeps saying Manolo instead of Mahalo. So, <laughs> so there is some like comic relief in like the episodes, which I appreciate. That's cute. I also like, is it Ronnie Chang as Dr. Lee? I think he's the guy you were talking about who poked his head in and was like, they call her Doogie because of that show Doogie Hauser. Like, <laughs> he's, he's really funny. Every time he pops up, I laugh. Mm-hmm. I think this may have re- rehabilitated... Uh, Peyton Elizabeth Lee for me because I really did not like her in the Secret Society of Secondborn Royals and I just find her completely charming in this role like if anyone can pull off the absurdity of a 16 year old doctor I think she's doing fine yeah she's a great lead mm-hmm. yeah she's cute what do you guys think of Hawaii as the setting it's obviously beautiful do you think it's a good switch from the California setting of the original I Love shows set in Hawaii. This one did not look visually that different than California. I know they have like the Honolulu skyline with like diamond, is it diamond head in the distance? Um, mm-hmm. But to me, it didn't like scream Hawaii. I don't know. I watched the, well, both episodes with my husband and his biggest complaint was this doesn't does not look dirty enough and to clarify he did not mean dirty he just meant like everything when you're on an island in the middle of the ocean is like constantly exposed to sea air so none of the exteriors would be that crisp like it just it that element of it rang false yeah i think it probably wasn't actually shot in hawaii yeah it's a bummer if <laughs> You, you get cast on a show that's allegedly taking place in Honolulu and then you're just stuck in like LA or whatever. <laughs> like... All right, let's get into it about the weekly releases because this is Disney's thing. They really have decided this is how they want to release all their shows. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say it's pretty frustrating. Sarah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I I hate the return to linear TV. Like I, I think... The past five, 10 years of streaming have proved that people don't like that. And I, we subscribed to Disney Plus when it first came online because I love Star Wars and I wanted The Mandalorian and I understood why they did it then because they didn't have a lot of content. So you don't want people to subscribe and binge The Mandalorian and then unsubscribe like seven days later. Right. So right. I get that, but you don't have to do that now. Like, <laughs> you know, you have people with the Marvel content and the Star Wars content and the Disney princesses and everything. Like you can, especially something like this, that's not heavy. It's not, you know, the episodes are a half hour long. They don't really require a lot of thought. It's just a cute family sitcom. You could drop all eight or 10 episodes on one day and like the holiday break and, you know, families could watch it, you know, or even over like a long weekend or something. So bad bad time streaming services what what are you doing yeah i 
um, I'm of two minds of it. Like one, I feel like as long as there's still a pandemic, we should get shows in series like dropped all at once. But on the other hand, when um, before we started recording, we were talking about Mayor, you mentioned Mayor of Easttown. And every Sunday when that was on, my husband, after the kids were tucked in, he would say, murder, dirter, after that SNL skit. And every Sunday I would be like, oh, I forgot there's a new mayor of Easttown. And then it was like this like spectacular surprise present I got every Sunday night. <laughs> so I don't know. On the one hand, it makes shows feel kind of special. This show I don't think is special enough to warrant uh, a weekly release. I totally feel you wanting that like sense of anticipation and the idea of appointment television. It's very appealing. My problem, however, is even if I like a show, even if I like a show a lot, there is a lot of content out there and there is a good chance I will forget to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) We really like Ted Lasso. We really like evil. Do we just on accident let three episodes build up? Because when it's a weekly release, we forget to watch it? Yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So if they're counting on my eyeballs during a certain period of time, they are not getting them. And that's the thing with Apple TV Plus, too. It's like $5.31 a month, including tax. So you could drop all of Ted Lasso on one day because you're not making a lot of money <laughs> off your subscriber base anyways. You know, It's not like Disney Plus, which is whatever, $75 a year, or HBO Max, which is $14.99 a month if you get no ads. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can put all 12 episodes out at once, Apple TV. You're not making a lot of money if people <laughs> cancel after. After they binge Ted Lasso. All right. Do we have any other thoughts about the show we want to share before we move on to our evergreen questions? I like that they kept the original music, but they made it a ukulele instead of the 80s Casio keyboard. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's (laughs) it's a lot cuter with the ukulele instead of the Casio keyboard. So, Ooh, but they replaced Doogie's, like, nightly log to himself that he used to do on the computer screen with a video blog or is it like a it's on, she's t- it's a tiktok right is it a well because she does make tiktok videos but is that a thing with tiktok like people just sitting down at the end of the day and making a little confessional i don't know i am not on tiktok because i'm old <laughs> i don't know when i was watching this show when i was growing up i always felt like Doogie Hauser's musings at the end of the day were like the most profound things I've ever heard. <laughs> and um, Lahela's uh, video blog musings don't have the same effect on me. No, they feel because Doogie sitting down at his computer writing his log <laughs> seems so grown up. But like Lahela sitting in front of her computer making her video seems like something a kid would do and also like if I were her parents I would be cautioning her about putting some of this information out on the internet as she presumably is especially with her name Mm -hmm. it's not like you know teen doc you know that's not her tiktok username it's like she actually says like doogie kamealoha md or whatever like people could look her up right yeah I definitely feel like she as a genius should maybe know she's oversharing (laughs) 
Were you able to compare this to any TV show or movie for grownups, Sarah? So I thought it uh, was similar to Lady Bird with the mother-daughter relationship. And that's actually the daughter who's still in high school and is trying to escape. And Lori Metcalf and Lady Bird, I mean, she's clearly a narcissist. Like she's totally got a personality disorder and Clara is not that bad, but I'm like, yeah, just the mother-daughter teen headbutting thing. Like it really reminded me of that. LaHela is not quite at the point where she just can't wait to escape her mom and get out of there. But I'm like, she's she keeps being told she can't drive the Impala. Maybe she'll get there. I don't know. <laughs> Girl, but, you can buy your own Impala. Right? Like, go buy a Porsche. You're a doctor. <laughs> and then emancipate yourself and drive by your house with Walter and your frap and, like, you know, honk the horn and flip the bird. Like, you, know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can do it. You're a doctor. <laughs> Once again, identifying with the 16 year old, not the parents. There you go. <laughs> What, what about you guys? <laughs> um, this is not a movie or a show, but I just read this book called Sharks in the Time of Saviors by Kawhi Strong Washburn. He is a Hawaii native, but he lives in Minneapolis where I live. Um, but it's like this critically acclaimed book and the plot centers around these parents who are native Hawaiian and their three kids and the middle child has extraordinary medical abilities like that have been like gifted from like the gods of uh, Hawaii, like ancient Hawaii. Um, So it's a really good book. And I thought it was weird how like it kind of does parallel like this family. I mean, completely different. Like this novel is pretty highbrow. This show is pretty lowbrow, but I don't know. If you're looking for like more Hawaii content, I would really recommend that book. That sounds fascinating. How about you, Katie? Well, one of my favorite uh, movies about a gifted child is the movie Gifted with Chris Evans. Um, And I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know the name of the little girl who, when you see her, you're like, this little girl is in everything. So sorry I don't know her name but it's Chris Evans and he plays her uncle and he's raising her and she's extremely smart and he's really struggling with wanting to like we were talking about keep her in her own peer group and not um raise her to be just kind of a number crunching automaton and then she has a grandmother that is coming from the opposite perspective like really thinks it's important for her to use her gifts in mathematics to like solve some of the weightier mathematical problems of our time (laughs) um I love this movie it was like the first thing that I saw Chris Evans in post Captain America where I thought oh he's a real actor uh and just as a bonus it takes place in Florida and there are lots of lovely shots of the intercoastal waterway which is near bouts where we live so gave me lots of warm fuzzies all right here we are gritty HBO reboot Sarah what you got (laughs) (laughs) so I actually feel like if we took away Peyton Elizabeth Lee it could be the gritty HBO reboot because um there's Dr. Zeller like you mentioned and uh Dr. Lee I feel like Clara could be a real um cojones buster I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this podcast I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) like she could definitely you know crack the whip if she needed um 
maybe get some like Zendaya from Euphoria to be the Lahela if we wanted to have like the young doctor on there. And I also think Neil Patrick Harris could be really good on like the staff too and be like a gritty, like burned out, like older doctor, not necessarily Doogie. So that's kind of lazy. I was just like, you know, if you take away like the, the actual kid, this could be <laughs> be the gritty reboot itself. But yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to improve upon the casting. And I really liked this cast a lot. Deborah, do you want to go next or you want me to go? I don't really have a great one. I would also cast Neil Patrick Harris in this. I would also cast somebody like um who's very funny, like Phoebe Robinson to play another doctor and then instead of having a really young doctor I would have somebody who should actually be rich retired trying trying to just like hang on in their workplace um and in that first episode Barry Bostwick was the patient who dies so I would have him play like an ancient doctor and they're trying to push him out of the practice but he just won't go and disney loves barry boswick so they would probably do that they do <laughs> <laughs> all right so i kind of went sarah's route and just like extracted the child from the center oh. of the show oh. but rather than recasting her with another actress i thought you know who else is really smart octopus so how do we <laughs> An octopus that is a doctor <laughs> in this hospital full of humans and just like goes about in like a electronic like tank um, and people are always commenting on how young he is. <laughs> no, they don't know if he's qualified to be a doctor because he's so young. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> That's far out. I like it. So do you think it was better when we were kids? In this case, we have a very direct comparison. What do you guys think? Mm, that's a tough one, especially because I didn't do the extra mile and watch the actual Doogie Hauser. Oh my gosh, you guys. I forgot to mention one of the prime differences. And it has to do with our the growing puritanism in our treatment of teenagers they talk about sex so much in the doogie hauser pilot oh really so much yes there's this whole plot where it's doogie's 16th birthday and they like lure him into a surgical suite and like one of the nurses acts like she's coming onto him and she pulls down his pants what yeah oh you can't do that anymore I know. <laughs> it was a big, big change. And like oh, Vinny keeps talking about how they're going to get laid at the dance. And yeah. This is not a plot line in Doogie Kamealoha. No. <laughs> it would never fly. You know, that's actually another thing I was uh, going to mention was the best friend. I think her name is Steph. She loves Doogie's older brother. And I mean, yeah, he's super cute. But like, they sort of end up going to the dance together and then she's like trying to grind on him and I'm like if the genders were flipped we'd be like that's harassment like that's so gross like yeah that's a good point yeah she needs a restraining order against that guy like she's told him no and but the whole every episode she's like 
Tokai, I love him. You know, I'm like, mm, if that were a guy, that would be really creepy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that was very much part of Vinny's vibe in the original. And you're right. It does read as pretty creepy. But I do like, no, sorry, I have so many thoughts and I, this is not the appropriate place in the episode for me to bring this up, but I do also like that they're making Walter, her love interest, into kind of a character because in that first episode of Doogie Hauser, he goes to the dance and the girl is just like some rando. His, so his, Doogie's, uh, boy Doogie's date to the dance wasn't one to plan. Well, now I feel like I have to watch 96 more episodes to figure this out. <laughs> And I am not super upset about the idea. So I think in that case, it was fine when we were kids. Yeah, I would say a tie. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember enough. All right, that's fair. (laughs) We'll give you a pass. Okay, thanks. (laughs) If you didn't have to for the show, would you ever watch Doogie Kamealoha MD alone voluntarily, Sarah? (laughs) I would. Like I said, when I saw that they were rebooting it, I was like, oh, how are they going to do that? That's interesting. So I was interested in like the pilot at least. And now, like I said, I'm I'm invested. So I might have to, but I might wait until the rest of the episodes drop and then binge it all at once. So, If I remember, which is questionable, <laughs> but I would like to see the rest of it. We watched the Mighty Ducks reboot, Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus, and we had the same reaction. We were both like, yeah, I think I kind of would watch this alone voluntarily. And I know that has completely fallen off my radar because of the stinking weekly release schedule. <laughs> we got to revolt. There's got to be some like change.org petition that we could, <laughs> we could start. Like, stop the linear <laughs> release. <laughs> Deborah, did you watch it with your kids? I did not. I watched it when they were at school. Um, I think it's okay. It's a little mature for them, but I think they could get into it. Yeah, there was no way to interest my kids in this. Like, they are just too young. I wouldn't say, like, the content is inappropriate because none of the doctoring seems very graphic. And, you know, they don't talk about sex. There's only some kissing. But, you know, they're just not of an age where, like, this kind of plot-driven material is going to be a hit for them. Um, Sarah, would your stepdaughters be interested, or is this, like, too juvenile? Yeah, this is way too young for them. We okay. asked them if they wanted to watch the plot, and they were not interested. Okay. At all. Oh, the pilot. Sorry, not the plot. Um, They weren't interested. Like, I think maybe five years ago they might have been more interested like more middle schooly but you know because that that's how old I was when I watched the original Doogie Hauser. so mm-hmm. it's always aspirational it's just the age group that you're coming into is the one that you want to watch the shows about not necessarily mm-hmm. the one that you're in unless you're a teenager and you're watching shows about teenagers that are actually played by 20 somethings then that's fine <laughs> right <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> Or 30-somethings like Gabrielle Carteris in the original 9210. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't even pretend. She's like full stalker Channing in Greece. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Ratings? What do we think? We rate on a scale from one to five, and you're more than welcome to do fractions. I'd say like a... Three and a half. I'd go a little bit higher. I'd give it a four. We 
don't agree super often, but I would also give it a four. I thought it was fun, wow, problematic Katie. in some ways, but definitely a fun watch. Normally, I'm the wet blanket. <laughs> That's my role. It's what I'm comfortable with. I feel good there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. And thank you again to Sarah for joining us today. Sarah, can you tell our listeners where to find you and the Coco and Dalts podcast? Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being here. We don't normally do kid shows. So this was, <laughs> this was awesome to be able to uh, talk about something a little bit different. We are on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Coco and Dolls. It's all one word uh, spelled out and it's C-O-C-O because um, that's my dog. And uh, on the web, we do have CocoAndDolls.com. Um, we haven't done any episodes in a couple months because life. Um, and I also do reviews, uh, written reviews of the same stuff, uh, streaming movies and series at CocosBuzzBlog.com. Same thing, C-O-C-O-S. So that's where you can check us out. <laughs> Thank you. I have a dog named Coco too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can use the dog photos when we promote this episode. That'd be fun. Yes. Oh, I will send you all the dog photos. You will be inundated. You'll be sad that you asked. <laughs> well, listeners, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. You can check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can find us on all the social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even on Gmail at myscreentime2. Send us your show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments about the show. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children, and our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Bye.